Welcome to Cultivating Community in the Guide to Awesomeness podcast, powered by Coldwell Banker Ronan Realty. Join us as we explore how to unleash your inner awesomeness while we uncover the treasures of our communities. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Guide to Awesomeness. Today, I'm joined by Leslie, the owner and founder of Oak and Feather in New Tecumseh, Ontario. Welcome, Leslie. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to chat with you today. We're so glad that you're here and able to join us today. So first off, I'd like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and your business. So Leslie is a small business owner and self-taught sign maker who creates custom one-of-a-kind wood art, primarily using a scroll saw. Leslie loves not only creating her art, but also teaching others via social media platforms. When she's not in the wood shop, as a mom of two girls, you can often find her at the local rink or soccer field. So Leslie, how did you uh, first become interested in scroll art and what inspired you to pursue it? I've been in business now for almost six years and I've been scrolling my scroll saw art for about five of those. I started when my youngest daughter was one years old. I was finished my mat leave and I was going to go back to a corporate job, but I realized I really wanted to find a way to be able to spend more time with my daughter. At the time, my sister was getting married and I made her a wooden card box for her wedding that you put like the envelopes in that people bring. It was the first time I'd ever made something like I wasn't really doing any of that, but she was like, I need a box. Just make one for me. And the wedding was really big. There was a lot of guests and more people wanted these card boxes. So I started selling those and I ended up seeing some of these like 3D letters online and I thought they would look really cool on the boxes that I was making. I'd never seen them before. So I started Googling and I came across this thing called a scroll saw and I ended up getting one. My parents gifted me one for Christmas one year and I taught myself and it's just been a really cool learning journey ever since. That is incredible how something so small creating one thing can go this far and look at where you are now. Exactly. Yeah. It's a funny story because it was never my intention. I didn't really think I would get here, but it's been really fun learning along the way. So could you describe the process of creating scroll art from start to finish and what materials you use and any key steps involved bringing your vision to life? So I primarily make custom signs. So the process is really fun. I work directly with my client to figure out what they want on the sign. So the wording and different imagery, if that's what they want. And I use various programs on my computer to put it together. And once we've agreed on a design, that's when I'll go into getting the various materials that I'll use. So I use a lot of different wood products. I go to local lumber mills to get it or even just like the normal hardware store, Home Hardware or Home Depot. I use a product called MDF. So it's kind of like a plywood, but it's really good for painting. So once I've gathered all of my materials, I'll print off my design that I'm going to be cutting out on my scroll saw, and then I get to work. So I scroll it out by hand on my scroll saw. Once that's done, then you have to sand, and then you paint, and then you sand again, and then you paint again, and then you assemble it all together, and the sign is done. So it sounds simple, but the process usually, I'm a part-time maker. So it's usually about eight weeks from start to finish when I'm working on projects. 
Well, that would be something really interesting to see the process, like like watch you do something like this, because I've never seen it done before. Yeah. So on my social media, you touched on it a little bit before. I show my whole process of making almost all of my signs, um, because a lot of what I do is also teaching others to use a scroll saw. It is a really specialized tool that not a ton of people know how to use. So it's really fun to be able to share that process. Do you have a favorite art piece that you've created? And if so, what makes it special? I often answer this question as any piece that I'm currently working on is my favorite piece because I always get excited about every piece that I'm making. But if I had to choose one super special project, it was one of the very first ones that I made. I got my scroll saw from my mom and dad, and I was able to make a sign for my mom for Mother's Day, the first year that I had the saw, and it was a recreation of her mom, my grandmother's handwriting. She wrote love mom in a card to my mom. So I printed it out, cut it out on my scroll saw and was able to give that to my mom. So that's probably the most special. That is magical. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you share any interesting stories or projects that have stood out to you in your career? I've had a couple pretty cool opportunities. I made a sign for Scott McGilvery. I don't know if you know, he's on HGTV. He has a show called Scott's Vacation House Rules. And he did a season of the show where it's actually his own cottage that I believe they rent out. But his wife, Sabrina, reached out to me. And I actually didn't know who she was at the time because her email was her maiden name, I believe. So she asked me to make this kids club sign that was going to be on the outside of this clubhouse for her daughters. So, of course, I said, yes, I was like, this is such a cool project. And then it took a little while once I got started to realize, oh, no, this is actually for Scott McGillivray and it's going to be on television. (laughs) So from when I finished the sign to when it actually aired on TV was about a year. So it was really hard waiting to actually say, like, guess what? I made this for HGTV. But that was really, really cool. And another project that I recently got to do. As I said, a lot of my business is on social media. So I started doing these truck recreations, like transport trucks. It was for somebody who sells them. And it was a Western Star truck. But a video that I posted about it went viral. And Daimler North America, who actually manufactures Western Star trucks for all of North America, saw it. And they asked me to make a sign for their corporate headquarters in Oregon. So I just finished that and shipped it off, which was like... (laughs) super scary and intimidating, but it was a really cool opportunity. Those are amazing highlights of your career. I'll have to look at that episode and try to find it to see your (laughs) open art. What are some unique challenges that you face as an artist and how do you overcome them? What I just touched on being really nervous about sending my art out there, imposter syndrome, kind of like, how did I get here? Do people really want to buy my art? Having those feelings of doubt can be really hard to deal with, especially when I work by myself. So I'm in my workshop right now sitting talking to you, but it's just me. So working alone and not having somebody kind of patting you on the back saying you're doing a good job can be difficult to get that motivation to keep going. But I've found that as time goes on and you can be proud of yourself and I can be proud of the work that I'm producing, it gets easier and easier. And it gets easier having people, influencers that follow you, support you, and then your family, I'm sure, really helps, uh, plays a part in that. Absolutely. Yeah. Having the support of 
you know, my online friends, my actual community that I'm in and brands that I work with is really good at boosting confidence for sure. (laughs) So what advice do you have for any aspiring artists who are interested in exploring this unique art form? So I would definitely say to do the things that scare you, take the risks, because I feel like a lot of people who want to get into art or explore their creativity are scared that they're going to be bad at it. And the honest answer is like, you are going to be bad at it. You are going to be bad at it before you get good. Learning to fail and pick yourself up and keep going would be my best advice. And if you're looking to get into the scroll saw specifically, YouTube is a really good resource. I have a ton of videos on there if you want to check out mine. Going somewhere where you can see a live demo, so like a woodworking show or a tool shop that allows you to try the tools would be a really good way to get started on something like a scroll saw as well. Great advice. Thank you for sharing that. How do you envision the future of Oak and Feather? Are there exciting plans or projects on the horizon that you'd like to share with your audience and customers today? I have two young daughters and my youngest is actually going to be starting kindergarten in the fall. So the next big step for me is actually going to be going from a part-time scroll saw artist and maker into a full-time. I'm pretty nervous. I'm hoping that I'll have enough business to actually be able to make it full-time. And if I am and I'm busy enough, I'm really hoping that I'll be able to invest in building a shop outside of my home. So I mentioned I work in my basement and if I want to grow bigger, I'm going to have to have a bigger space. So I'm hoping that will happen in the next year. Those are some great goals and visions. How do you ensure that you take time for yourself while managing the demands of your business and motherhood? You know what? It's always been a really hard balance. When I first started my business, I never prioritized myself. It was always, what do my kids need? What does my business need? And I kind of was at the bottom of my list. And I burnt myself up really quickly. I've had to take periods of time off of working kind of to rest and bring myself back. And what I realized was most important in balancing is knowing when to ask for help. So if I needed to have a work session where it was like, I have five hours of work to do, I'm not going to stay up until two in the morning to do that. I'm going to call in reinforcements and say, can you come over and watch my daughter for a few hours so that I can get those work hours in? And then at nighttime, when I would have been working, that's when I can do things like I like to do puzzles. I can sit and do a puzzle or I can go to a workout class or, you know, just sit and read a book and have time that's not about my kids and not about my business as well. Self-care is really important, especially being a mother. I am a mother as well. And taking time for yourself means you're only bettering yourself and bettering your family because then you can be more involved uh, with your family and your kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Finding that balance can be hard, but once you find it, it's like you have to hold on to that. Yes. So if you could give one piece of advice to other individuals who are struggling with postpartum or anxiety or seeking a creative outlet, what would it be? I've shared a lot of my journey with postpartum anxiety and depression. I'm beyond the postpartum years now, but mental health is still something that I'm really a huge advocate for. And I struggle with myself. And I would just say, I I mean, it's kind of like what I said before is knowing when to ask for help. So whether that's a close friend, a family member, or your doctor, somebody that you can trust and talk to is super important, first and foremost. And once you kind of get a handle on maybe why you're feeling those feelings or how to control some of those feelings, 
finding a creative outlet can be amazingly powerful. So for me, being able to woodwork and work on my scroll saw is something that that really calms my mind and makes me really happy. And for others, maybe it's, you know, you like to go walk outside or, you know, you like cutting the grass by yourself or it's just it doesn't have to be something crazy. It can be something as small as, you know, taking a cup of tea and sitting on the porch and reading a book. It's understanding that your mental health has to take a priority if you're going to be able to pursue the passions that you're passionate about. Those are great words. (laughs) Before we go today, I do have some questions that we ask all our guests on our podcast. What is one thing that every person should do if they visit our community? Oh, gosh, I was ready for this question, but it's impossible to narrow it down to one thing. I absolutely love where I live. So I'm technically in Tottenham in the New Tecumseh area. And Tottenham has so much to offer. So if I was going to tell somebody what to do kind of in a day, I would say we have a really cool part of the trail on the Trans Canada Trail that goes through Tottenham. There's a ferry portion where a local resident has put up little ferry doors on the trail. My kids absolutely love it. So I would say take a walk, grab a bite to eat. The Taste of Freedom Inn is one of my favorite places to go. The Cedar Kitchen for breakfast or Kasai Sushi is my favorite sushi place. I mean, we have street festivals, community events like trick-or-treating in town. There's so many parks. It's just, it's so much fun. There's so much little hidden wonders in a small town. So whenever someone's visiting, it's great to come out and experience what we have to offer. Absolutely. What makes your community feel like home? So Tottenham is a really close-knit community, which makes it feel really special. My kids are involved in sports, and it's really fun because when we go to the local arena or soccer field, we're always running into people that we know. The local schools are absolutely amazing. They host so many different events where we can go in and meet our kids' friends and their parents. And I think just the general sense of when you're walking through the community, people are so friendly saying hello. Um, Even if you don't know them, it always seems like there's a friendly face. So it's just a really special place to live. It is. And we love this community. If you could write a chapter in the Guide to Awesomeness, what would the title of this chapter be called? I would call it Don't Quit Your Daydream. I like it. And why would you call it that? I'm curious. For me, I actually worked in a corporate job for most of my adult life, and I found myself often wishing that I could be doing something more creative, and I really, truly never thought it would be possible. So for me to be able to be sitting here today talking to you about my small art business that I've been running for half a decade, it's it's pretty crazy to me. So if anybody is out there thinking, you know, I'm not doing what I want to do, I feel like my dreams are out of reach. I I would say don't quit your daydream. It is possible. Great. I love it. I love it. And I'm really glad that you're able to join us here today. Thank you so much for joining us. How can our listeners support you? I know you're on a lot of social media. So could you tell us what social media platforms you are on? The support of the community is always amazing. So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. And it's all at Oak and Feather Decor. Amazing. Thank you so much, Leslie. We loved having you here today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me for another awesome episode. 
Whether you're already on the road to awesomeness or just starting out, be sure to join us next time for a dose of motivation, education, and entertainment.